Yes, folks, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, and that means this is... So I'm with my co-host, Ray Piller and Rebecca Monet. How are we doing, folks? Doing great. Fabulous. Good to be here. All right. So I know it's Halloween. So uh, Ray asked me what I had, and I came on with my superhero and hammer. Yeah. And Ray said, yeah, well, that's normal. You're a superhero. Go deal with it. <laughs> so I counter with this. Better. Much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hands down. This, that's you. Yeah. And the Nancy Freeman smile. Okay. <laughs> so where are you both at right now? What's well, the weather like? Here in Aurora, um, we had a welcoming snow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I got about about three or four inches, and uh, but it's melting right away. The temperature has gone up a couple of degrees. It's thirty, almost thirty-four degrees right now, but uh, and it's supposed to end, and I think it has at four o'clock today, which is now four o'clock. So. It's uh, interesting. Been uh, on a long trip. Got back last week. Uh, uh, when did I get back? Friday. And uh, that means I that means I broadcast from. Um, I was in St. Charles, Missouri, wasn't I? Our last broadcast, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. It uh, we actually I had great weather for my trip, and uh, I can't complain. A little snow today. I'm hoping that the the early snow means that we're going to have a nice uh, rest of the winter. Uh, Hopefully, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So where where are you, Rebecca? I am home, sunny San Diego, Ah. 75 perfect degrees, and of course, sunny every day. Yeah. Um, but I'm working out of my home office today, which is a, a farmhouse um, oh. made of the old, uh, what is it, a plaster. And so the inside is much colder than the outside. Mm-hmm. And I am seriously tempted to move my desk outside and work off of the Ooh. sunny porch. But nonetheless, California, San Diego especially, is always beautiful. So yeah. I, I can't complain. Home yeah. sweet home. Yeah. It's tempting to, to to move in that direction, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Now that we've done the weather report, um, first I want to tell the people uh, listening at the website you can chat with us, and we'll get your um, we'll get your questions on, or all the other places you can chat. Which at, at this point, I think like five, six places live chat. Um, hit the message; we'll get it to you. 
uh, you can dial in 323-580-5755 and we'll get the question. So who wants to introduce Ray or Ray? Ray or Rebecca? <laughs> who wants to introduce Ron? Wow. Go ahead, Rebecca. <laughs> Well, you know what, uh, Ron, you have mesmerized me with this new concept that you um, have. So I am so looking forward to uh, this conversation. So we're so glad to um, have Ron Silverstein on board with us today um, out of Michigan, right? Is that where you are today? Out of sunny and warm Michigan. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. A little rainy and cool. Not great trick or treating weather for the kids today in Michigan. Mm. Well, you're gonna. Um, Ron's gonna talk to us today about Bud's Place, um, a topic that I've been anticipating for a couple of weeks. I want to hear all about this. And this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> oh my goodness good to have thanks, you Fred. Hey. thanks Rebecca so come on tell us about Bud's Place well, it's been a uh, crazy week for us uh, at Bud's Place so Bud's Place uh, the big picture is a franchise company that's going to be franchising social cannabis consumption lounges and uh, as many people know, the cannabis industry itself has been growing very rapidly. Uh, in spite of the challenges it has of cannabis not being legally federally in the U.S., uh, many states now are starting to realize that it's not enough to legalize medical cannabis or adult use cannabis and only allow people to consume it in their homes. So uh, states are starting to approve consumption lounges. Uh, the way we look at them, it's similar to bars, cigar bars, places like that. Uh, you can drink in your home, but people will go to a bar. You can use cannabis in your home, but we think people really want the social aspect of cannabis use and to be able to use it uh, in a more upscale place, not have to uh, use it in their house or in their backyard. Uh, as far as we know, there are not any uh, cannabis consumption lounge franchises out there yet. We, we think we're the first. We know that there will be more and that will face competition and we're ready for that. And so we're building, we spent a lot of time uh, the last year and a half, for the most part, building a model and building a concept that can be easily replicated, that per, uh, makes our franchisees a lot of money, that makes it easy for them from the time they sign a franchise agreement to do everything they need to do to be open, get open, get licensed, get their store built out, have high quality food and beverage, have an upscale atmosphere for their customers so that the customers can enjoy themselves and our franchisees can uh, be real happy with the investment they made and the return they get on their investment. Ray? One of the, one of the things that I heard about on the, I don't know, maybe if you were on the show or someone else was, but uh, hotels that are 
dedicated to cannabis smokers. Uh, how will that affect? Is that something similar, or is that a, how is that going to affect your business? Uh, I haven't seen those yet. I haven't seen any get licensed anywhere, but uh, likely all different kinds of establishments are going to be popping up that are uh, uh, cannabis related. I mean, we frankly, we think this model is going to get to the point where there's like the bar industry where there's, you know, dive bars on the corner, uh, bars in the in the middle of that category and then uh lounges where it's like a dave and busters type atmosphere with you know big places all different kinds of things going on uh it's going to take time and uh you know we face a lot of challenges there's a lot of opportunity out there it's tough being the first one into a new concept uh we know we've got to do it right uh to help the industry uh, proceed and get bigger. Uh, we know we can do some damage if we don't do it right. Uh, we've got to pick good franchisees in great locations and make sure everybody's following all the rules. It's a very heavy regulated business and we know that people are going to be looking at our franchisees and at their businesses with a microscope. Mm. And uh, you know, every, everybody's got to do it right and that's our goal for us to do it right for our franchisees to do it right and uh to help this industry keep growing another thing that comes to mind is uh if you own a bar i believe it's called dram shop insurance um where the bar owner is responsible if someone go walks out of his bar drunk and kills somebody or has an accident mm-hmm. uh, how do you think the laws are going to, you know, evolve concerning cannabis, concerning, concerning that issue? Yeah, that's a big unknown right now. Uh, it's really the wild, wild west right now in, uh, in this industry with rules and laws changing all the time. With uh, it, It's puzzling to me how, how something like this can be illegal federally, but legal in the states and the federal government just uh, lets it go. Uh, I mean, frankly, if they're if they're if they're going to let it let the states regulate it, then make it legal federally and let the states decide. So there's a lot of stuff going on that changes every day. We've got some insurance companies. We've been told right from the beginning that our concept will be insurable. We've got some uh, uh, insurance companies. Uh, looking at that right now because we want to try to nail down what the pricing is going to be for a franchisee. Uh, There's a lot of complexities uh, involved because it may not only be that people are using cannabis in our establishments, which are going to be our plan right now is they're bring your own. So we're not dispensing. Uh, Bring your own. We'll have food and beverage. We'll have entertainment. We'll have special events. We'll have VIP rooms. We'll have some retail uh, selling accessories or renting accessories, uh, VIP rooms, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, in some places they'll allow, they will end up allowing liquor and or beer and wine. So that adds other complexities on the insurance side. So the, the simple answer is we're looking at that. We're in the process of pricing things out. Uh, just like in many states, the, uh, you know, the driving under the influence laws and the car insurance laws, none of those have really caught up yet to the legalization in states of cannabis. So 
uh, a lot of area, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out what their rules should be. And we've got a keen eye. One of the guys on our team uh, is a cannabis activist based in Florida. Uh, he's very in tune with the state and federal government laws. He's testified in front of Congress. He's been in front of a lot of state regulators. And, uh, you know, we're keeping an eye on all that uh, as are our franchise attorneys. And I'm sure prospective franchisees will be checking things out in their area as well. So, all right. So, in, in that in that answer, I'm struck by uh, a CPA um, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, there's a whole lot of uncertainty there, but yeah, we're going to deal with it." <laughs> Cracking. We're going to deal with it. We love the business. Okay. You know, you know, I love franchising credit as a business model, mm -hmm. and uh, we love our concept. We think it's going to be very big, but. Uh, you know, obviously, at any time, you know, one of the risks is the federal government can start enforcing cannabis rules. So people coming into our concept and buying a franchise from us will be well aware of that, but will be confident uh, that things will will change. And I, I also I, I wanted to do this right at the start. But uh, anything I say about Bud's Place today on the show is not an offer to anybody to buy a franchise. We only sell franchises based on states who are allowed to sell franchises in and based upon uh, our FDD being handed out and signed back from a franchisee. So nothing I say today can be construed as an offer to somebody to buy one of our franchises. No, because this is a, a video video yeah. podcast. If you if you're listening to the podcast or watching the video, you can fill out the stupid form to talk to Ron on the site. And we'll get you to him, and that way you can talk to him about getting an FDD. And we'll also make Ron tell you how to get a hold of him later in the show. So, my also the the thing is is that you're not selling cannabis, so you're not like a bar. You're more like a park where people could take their alcohol to to enjoy while playing games. It, it, I've seen you sitting on those park benches before, Fred, with your brown paper bag. Yeah, no. Uh, never me. Oh <laughs> Wearing that hat. Exactly. So my assumption is is that the, the insurance liability uh, becomes much less than because you're You're no different than a cigar bar, correct? Or a, a cigar store? That's how we look at it. We're not sure how the insurance companies are going to look at it. They're, you know, part of the thing with insurance is they usually have a lot of data on the businesses they're insuring so that they know the risks. Uh, this is a new, like it's a new one for us. Uh, and it's going to be a new one for the insurance companies because they, they don't have all that data right now. So uh, how they're going to price it out for us and for our franchisees, we're not sure. We, we agree. I, I totally agree with your assessment that our risk should be less if we're not serving anybody cannabis because we're not going to be able to cut them off. Our employees, most of the municipalities right now that are approving consumption lounges, have rules that employees 
in a, a store like ours have to go through cannabis training. Uh, you know, there's that a lot of fun. a lot of data out there as to what happens to people that have consumed cannabis products, and uh, you know that they're 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 less violent. They're not uh, prone to get into fights like people in a bar may get into after they they become intoxicated. Uh, we'll have people, our, our franchisees will be training their people to recognize when somebody's had too much. We'll have arrangements with. Uh, drive sharing companies and taxi companies to uh, drive patrons home, you know, so that we're not, we won't be encouraging anybody to drive while they're, when they're intoxicated. Uh, I know that I've seen articles on a, a cannabis lounge restaurant that's opened up in West Hollywood where they don't have valet parking. They encourage their customers to Uber or Lyft or taxi over to their establishment and get home that same way so that they're not driving under the influence of cannabis. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we certainly don't want any customers to put themselves or others at risk when they're leaving our establishment. We'll, we'll train our franchisees uh, to do the best they can uh, to treat their customers properly and for everybody to be safe. And that is one of the big problems facing both states and employers right now. What is impairment? You know, at, at what degree and, and how do you measure it? That is the, that's the big problem right now. I know there's several companies trying to develop some sort of standards on this, uh, something like a breathalyzer, where you have a standard, you blow into a machine, and yeah, you're above or you're below a certain limit. But right now, Unless you tell me different, are there any guidelines or standards of when you become impaired to either drive a vehicle or operate a machine? Uh, I don't know of any, and it's something we'll constantly be looking at as well as, uh, you know, having our franchisees look at that to make sure. I mean, on our end, we want to make sure we're following whatever rules are there for us to follow. We also want our customers to be safe, both in our establishment and when they leave our establishment. Uh, like with uh, alcohol consumption, with cannabis consumption, one of the unknowns is what have they done before they even arrive at your establishment. Yeah. So all we can do uh, right now is, you know, watch, keep an eye on it, train, make sure the employees are trained to recognize when somebody. Uh, may have had too much or may not be in shape to drive. Cannabis, uh, like with alcohol, there's all different strengths of cannabis. There's edibles. There, the, There's so many different things they can do uh, as far as the cannabis products that are available now and what, what is going to become available that all we, all we can do is, uh, you know, have the employees train properly, uh, to advise customers properly. And it's still ultimately up to the customer. We can't at least, uh, by not being a dispensary, you know, we can't stop serving somebody because we're not serving them cannabis products in the first place. Uh, it's food and beverage and things like that, none of which will be THC infused. So uh, on our end, it's really keep an eye out for somebody and don't let them leave the place if, uh, if they might be a danger to somebody. I would say you. 
All right. So um, at this point, since it's almost 420, uh, we're going to take a break to pay the bills on this happy Halloween uh, and <laughs> remind our listeners that they can chat at the website. Uh, PillarsOfFranchising.com, and I see them hanging out there. They can call in to 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. Thanks, Michelle. Um, Pillars of franchising. I love it. Now, uh, I cut you off. It was almost 420. We're past 420. So um, we're back talking uh, with uh, Ron Silverstein about cannabis consumption lounges. It's up to you, Rebecca, to move us on. Well, it's funny when you were talking about not knowing uh, what someone has consumed prior to coming to Bud's place. And I had to giggle to myself because I thought there was some kind of connection between cannabis and appetite. So maybe maybe we can kind of tell how much they've consumed by how much food they ultimately (laughs) eat. Yep, and we hope they eat a lot of food at our places. So uh, one of the things we've done with Bud's Place Lounges is we've partnered with a rapidly growing food franchise that's one of the uh, been named to the fat, you know, the fastest growing uh, emerging food franchise. So they've helped us greatly with our menu or with the, with the basic part of our menu. We're in the process of adding uh, some additional items, some more. Uh, more dessert items, some healthier items, some salads, some high-end coffees, teas, juices, mocktails, things like that. So that we, I mean, basically what we want to do at Bud's Place is have high quality everything. So high quality food's a big part of it. We want to have the things that our customers want. We want to uh, get it to them, you know, promptly and when it should be with good service. We want them to have a very enjoyable experience every time they're in a bud's place because we want to build a customer base of repeat customers and to do that we know that we've got to treat them well uh, give them a very uh, upscale environment in our places uh, a place that uh, they want to spend an hour or two or more you know multiple times a week a place where uh, 
you know, they can eat a different thing every day when they're there for lunch or dinner, and some some will be open for breakfast. Uh, you know, we want them, it's really all about high quality fun. So there every aspect, high quality, high quality food, high quality entertainment, high quality atmosphere, uh, everything. So that, that's our focus, and we want to drill that into franchisees that uh, sign up into our concept that it's all about the customer and uh, making it enjoyable for them when they're in a Bud's place. So one of the one of the aspects that I like about Bud Place um, is this idea of of community and coming together and combination of sharing food and sharing an experience and then of course the entertainment. But then when you mentioned the the term lounge, another picture kind of popped in my head, and this is going to tell a little bit about my generation. But I got a picture of the Rat Pack. Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis and uh, Dean Martin and that whole idea of a lounge. And I think we've sort of forgotten that in our culture. It's become more of a true bar environment where you go or you have a few drinks, but there's not that same bonding and connecting and hanging out for a long period of time and building a sense of community. And it sounds like Bud Place is about creating a sense of community and a place where like-minded individuals can come together and enjoy each other's company. That's my assumption, correct? Correct. A a absolutely. So that's our goal to create that kind of a place. Uh, you know, the, it, everything I've seen with, uh, you know, I've been to a few big cannabis conventions, one in Las Vegas, that's huge. It had about 30,000 attendees last year and I'll probably be even bigger this December uh, when they have that is that there is a huge sense of community. It's like everybody is friends with everybody else. They have a, a common goal right now, which is to build this industry that used to kind of be something that uh, wasn't out in the open and was frowned upon. And all of a sudden now it's becoming uh, more and more acceptable. Uh, everybody wants everybody to do well in it. Everybody is trying to help everybody. And, uh, you know, we were approved for membership on Monday to the International Franchise Association, the IFA, the biggest franchising organization in the U.S. and the main one. And uh, that was huge for us because up until then, uh, cannabis-related businesses have been prohibited from being members of the IFA. Uh, it's a federal organization. They're headquartered in Washington, D.C. And uh, it, 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 added a lot of credibility to us and to everything we're saying about, uh, you know, we're not a dispensary. We're going to follow the rules. We're uh, more of a lounge. Uh, we're legit. Uh, that helped immensely. And we're, we're, we're so excited uh, about being able to participate with the IFA and be an active member and, and go to all their events and kind of spread the word uh, about what we're doing. And we, you know, of course, we think it's going to help us expand uh, and, and get more leads for franchises and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was like a groundbreaking moment for us when the IFA, after looking at us 
closely for a couple of weeks to decide if we were going to be able to join gave us the go ahead and i was on the i was on the phone today uh, uh this afternoon with a big franchise broker and he said you know we're definitely legit he got a he gets a list like every day of new ifa members and we were on we were on the list as an ifa member so uh you know, he are, he went and checked us out. I think after he heard that, uh, heard us saying we were IFA members, and there we were on the list. So uh, that was huge for us. You know, you know, um, Ron, you you brought up an interesting fact that that cannabis has been kind of a secret and things you do in your home, and there's been a lack of acceptance and. You know, coming from a personal experience, I've I've never smoked, I've never drank, and Mary Jane has never touched my lips. And, How long you been uh, in California? <laughs> <laughs> that long enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't claim to be a California unless you're I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Tall. It's but second it hand. <laughs> I know, but it's kind of a counterculture, right? It's a counterculture. And what Bud's Place is doing is um, allowing a space for this counterculture to no longer, you know, do it in their living rooms, but to be able to do it with one another is in an open forum and get to have these like-minded people share a meal and enjoy some time together um, without it being behind closed doors. So much like what maybe alcohol was during the prohibition, right? You, you yeah, went ab- underground. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, to drive that point home, some of the municipalities that have approved consumption lounges right now have requirements that people on the outside can't be able to see to inside, uh, you know, so we're not, so it's really don't have windows to the outside or have them frosted so people can't see inside, uh, can't have an out door smoking area, whether it's on the roof or a patio out in front. Uh, it's kind of like still keeping it, you know, uh, behind closed doors or in the dark alleys. And it's, uh, over time that will change. Nobody knows how fast Mm -hmm. it'll change or where, you know, who will be the first to change that, uh, as things kind of start snowballing uh, and making it even more approved, there's still a lot of states where uh, even medical cannabis is not allowed. There's a lot of states in the South that uh, uh, haven't approved any form of cannabis yet uh, where you can still get arrested and thrown in jail uh, for possession or for, you know, for using. And, uh, you know, things are changing over time. There's enough opportunity for, for our concept right now in the states that have legalized it, where it, get, it gives us a, a good time frame to get a foothold uh, and to show what we can do so that as other states open it up, uh, we'll be ready to go right in. But uh, there, there's a big enough opportunity right now for us and with this concept that uh, while we'd like all these other states to be open, while of course we'd I mean, we definitely want to be able to serve beer and wine and liquor because we think uh, there will be groups where some of them are cannabis users and some are not that will lose out on that won't go to a, a lounge together if some of them can't have a drink. Like it, like if you drank, Rebecca, and, and didn't use cannabis and your friends wanted to go to a Bud's place and you knew you could go there and have a drink or two, uh, those kind of groups would be more apt to go 
to our lounge, but we've got a model where there's enough of a revenue stream for our franchisees with the different uh, offerings they're going to have for customers where they can, they can still do very well uh, and, and make a lot of money. And for us, uh, you know, as the franchisor, uh, our success is going to be very much dependent on their success. All right. All right. So now let's, let's talk some franchisee question type of things. Um, if, if I'm listening to Ray, uh, one of the first things he asks is um, how much investment does somebody need along Ray's rule of um, at least twice the amount in order to support your lifestyle? How much are we talking to get in? So our item seven in the FDD, the uh, God, I love the you. So we're we're planning on a buds place to be between four thousand square feet and six thousand square feet. So it's not a it's not a small place, and our initial investment ranges from about six hundred and twenty thousand up to about a million two uh, per buds place, and a lot depends on the real estate costs, uh, the furnishing costs, the size of the place, obviously. Uh, the biggest part uh, of the cost with that range I gave you is the HVAC system and the air purification system. Municipalities that are passing their rules to allow consumption lounges uh, and it's not are, are, are putting in their rules that there's got to be a very high quality air purification system and ventilation system. So and it's not so much for the protection of the customers as it is for the protection of the employees that are going to be in the place yeah. working for four to eight hours a day, mm -hmm. uh, breathe, breathing air that, you know, may have THC floating around in it. So what we've been looking at are very high end air purification systems, similar to what cigar lounges use. We've looked at one that replaces the air in the building every 15 minutes. So totally replaces the air in the building every 15 minutes. Uh, that kind of a system for our size of place, what we've been told, uh, the cost, including installation, could be as high as $350,000, wow. So, you know, almost a third, uh, close to a third of the cost of one of our lounges will be just the ventilation system. Wow. And, uh, uh, you know, with that, uh, you know, we had to price everything out, including the, un, you know, estimate the unknowns, which are, you know, the insurance costs, any licensing fees that they, they may have to get licensed in their area, probably will have to get licensed to have a cannabis consumption lounge, maybe a liquor license if liquor or beer or wine are acceptable in their location. So, uh, you know, that's the range. And we think that there will be people that want to uh, sign multi-unit agreements and our multi-unit agreement uh, requires a minimum a commitment to open a minimum of five Bud's Place lounges. Uh, you know, that uh, we, we think there are people that will want that kind of arrangement. And we also have a single unit franchise agreement. We're also looking at, because two of the people on our team are veterans. Uh, we're looking okay, at being wait. heavily in. So wait, wait, time out here. You time let, out. You, you, you got to let me continue. A, let me say thank you to the, um, those who have commented on Facebook that they like my hat. Um, now, 
<laughs> the one After person. All, it's all about Ray, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, is that your hey, daughter? No, no. I. It's you can go on to Facebook and see who it is. Um, <laughs> but he likes the hat. Um, you'll actually see him uh, very soon in his uh, show, "How to Buy a Business Without Selling Your Soul." Um, debuting Friday mornings, or actually Fridays at eleven. Uh, within the next three weeks. So you started down the FDD path. So the next thing is, is we've talked uh, for a while on what the top three things of the FDD you would recommend somebody look at. So what are the other two you'd tell people to look at at your FDD? Oh, come on, Fred. You know what my answer to that's going to be. Yeah, but <laughs> What do you think my answer is going to be, Fred? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think they need to read the whole FDD. Because every word in there, we we spent a lot of time on every provision and every word in our FTD. So everything's important. More, you know, in our concept, obviously, we don't have any stores open yet. We don't have any uh, company-owned stores. We don't have any uh, financial representations whatsoever in our FTD because it's an unknown. Uh you know, somebody that's going to buy in a Bud's place is going to be buying a Bud's place because they have faith in management and the management team, because they have, uh, because they like the concept, because they think the industry is going to be huge, because they like our, our ideas, because they like our partners, our menu. Uh, we're, we're going to be light years ahead of other concepts that try to come in from scratch as far as training goes, as far as menu goes, because of our food and beverage partner who's been in franchising for a long time and already has stores of their own opened without having a company store. So they've been able to sell multiple franchises that are open and doing well. They've trained them. They're going to be helping us in training. Uh, we've got experienced other partners that are part of our team uh, for payroll, for things like that, where uh, we're going to really make it easier, much easier uh, for somebody after they sign a franchise agreement to the point where they're ready to open a store than what we believe other competitors that enter this space will be able to do. Uh, but that said, you know, your question, I, the whole FDD is important. They can look at whatever parts they want to for sure. Certainly they're going to look, you know, at what the costs are in the item seven. They're not going to have a list of former franchisees uh, or existing franchisees and then item 20 to look at. So, uh, you know, they're going to look at what we're going to do from them, who, for them, who our partners are, what our menus like, what kind of support we're going to be able to give them before they get open and make a decision because they think that uh, the cannabis consumption lounge business is going to be very big and that we're the right people to help them be successful in it. The real question, though, is do you have to be stoned to read the FDD? <laughs> uh, I would advise that at least somebody on the team not be when they're reading it. <laughs> but, you know, there's from what I've been learning about cannabis in the last year or two, uh, there are strains of cannabis out there that are supposed to help you focus better and oh, really? work better <laughs> and things like that. So if that's okay. what it takes, you know, I've got to invent a strain that makes people or helps people decide that Bud's place is the concept they want to there sign on the dotted line with. 
So uh, we need a Bud's Place strain of cannabis. I, I do have a question that came in, uh, into my head uh, regarding uh, uh, when, you, when you walk into a restaurant or even a church, what you see, the ambiance, is something that makes you want to come back. Has there been any thought about what your lounge will look like? Will it be all dark? Will it be all light? Will it be, you know, what kind of thought, if any, has been given to the ambiance of the lounge? Uh, pretty much every aspect of our business uh, has been given a lot of thought. So we've got uh, four or five different lounge designs right now uh, that we're going to narrow it down to one or two. Uh, so that, you know, part of branding, uh, part of franchising, part of branding is we want to create an atmosphere that can be easily replicated and a look that can be easily replicated so that uh, when somebody walks into a Bud's place anywhere in the country, you know, it looks similar to other Bud's places that they've been in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we expect if we have, a, if we have up, upscale customers that travel a bit, uh, you know, when I when I did a lot of business traveling, I could go in an Outback Steakhouse in Tennessee, and I could go in one in Orlando, and I could go in one in California, and they all looked the same, mm -hmm. and the food was all the same quality. And uh, you know that that's that's what our goal is with Bud, Bud's Place. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some that are uh, a little different than others, depending on the space that was available for them. But we want to be very consistent with the brand and the message that goes out to our customers. Uh, part of, you know, I've, I've been in, I've got a lot of experience in franchising, both uh, as a franchisor and in working with a number of franchisors as their CPA firms. So I've seen a lot of the good things they do, and I've seen the bad things that they've done. And I've been to about, uh, I've been to every IFA annual convention since 2004, and those are amazing conferences for informational sharing. Uh, by everybody that wants people, other people in the franchising business to be successful. And, you know, you hear about best practice, practices at those, and you hear about things that haven't worked. So uh, we're building all that into our concept. Uh, obviously, the lighting, you know, it's probably not going to be a place with a lot of bright LED lights overhead. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. You know, different yeah. areas will have different kind, different lighting. Uh, you know, we're going to have TVs. We're going to have uh, a, a, a kind of like a restaurant area with some different kinds of tables and chairs uh, for people that are there just to eat, uh, you know, on their lunch hour and do whatever else they want to do. We're going to have couches and comfortable chairs and nice artwork and, you know, pleasant bathrooms and VIP rooms that are more comfortable and, and more nicely appointed than uh, other areas of our space. Uh, it, it's going to be a nice space that uh, people will want to be spending time in. Uh, you know, we've been so focused on getting our FDD done, which was uh, finalized and issued on Monday, October 14th. Uh, and then, you know, the IFA stuff and getting our website launched, which just went live last night. We still have a little work to do on it, but that's live. And we were waiting. Uh, our franchise attorneys put a seminar on for us Monday with all the rules regarding selling because uh, 
on our management team, we've got people that have a lot of franchising experience, and then we've got people that have, uh, you know, ver other varied business experience that is valuable to us, but that needed to really hear the different rules about selling franchises and what you can say and not say. And, uh, you know, what does somebody have to do to be qualified to even receive an FDD and then hopefully down the road awarded a franchise by us. So, uh, all that stuff just happened this week. So we've been, you know, getting things done and getting things done and doing a lot of planning, but we finally got a lot of stuff checked off our list this week. Uh, you know, I finally went to bed last night at 12.30 p.m. Uh, Detroit time. And because some of my partners are in Vegas and one's in Japan and we're all on different schedules, it's like, okay, guys, I'm going to bed now. And uh, I'll be back in the morning. But uh, we've been, you know, and Fred and Ray, you guys have heard about this concept from me for quite a while now. So you know how painstakingly we've been looking at the, the different things we want to do and to make sure we're ready to do them right before we start doing them. I would describe it as anal retentively. <laughs> so my partners would describe it as that, <laughs> as that too. I'm the, I've been the ones, you know, uh, with the parking brake on for us waiting until I knew we were ready. Well, we're ready now. So watch yeah. out. We're on the cutting edge here. You know? <laughs> yeah, so on the cutting edge, we're going to take a break here and go uh, remind people they can call in at 323-580-5755, chat wherever you're watching the uh, video from, or chat from the website. And now a um, word from our sponsor. Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire, come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. Meet face-to-face -face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo, coming to a city near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules. Thank you, man. And by the way, the next uh, franchise expo is Miami at the Miami Airport Convention Center, November 9th and 10th. And now a word from another sponsor. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over a hundred franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. 
Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. And we're back. And just a reminder, actually, here's the book. It's a wonderful book. Love sending these out. Um, you can also fill out the form on the website and, and check that you want a copy of the book and we'll get it to you, uh, as well as we'll get you to connected to Ron. So where are you looking to, where you're, since you're working on agreements, where do you think your top three market targets to find franchisees are? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and it's really, we think the franchisee prospects are going to be finding us. Uh, but certainly uh, Colorado and Denver uh, is a target area. We think we've got, uh, we think there are people in a variety of other states where these have been legalized that will want to uh, look at opening a Bud's place in those states. They own stores in California because uh, from what we've heard right now, they won't approve any any kind of franchise that's even remotely related to cannabis uh, in California. So uh, we want to have some company stores and uh, California is obviously a huge market. So uh, we're talking to people right now about partnering with us uh, in some company owned restaurant lounges in California. Uh, we're also having our law firm will be preparing an option agreement for us so that in states where lounges haven't been legalized, we think there are people there that will like our concept so much that uh, they want basically a first-right refusal to open Bud's places uh, in those states, uh, being confident that at some point cannabis will be legal federally and start being legalized. Uh, consumption lounges in states that haven't legalized them yet. So, uh, frankly, it's, uh, you know, we've been deluged this week with people showing interest in our concept uh, from all sides, brokers that want to represent us, uh, you know, people that want to find financing for company-owned stores, a, a bunch of different stuff. And uh, we think that now with the website live and some uh, people that had talked to us before we were ready to sell franchises where we couldn't really get into any in-depth conversations with them about our business model. But now that now we can, that things will be happening very quickly for us on the franchising side. Very cool. So do you mind if I ask you some personal questions, Ron? Depends. That's <laughs> You can tell I'm married to a lawyer, and my daughters are lawyers, depends. so it's almost any time you ask them a question, that's the answer you get. It depends. Yeah. But go ahead. Fire away. Well, as a behavioral scientist, I always look for patterns in behavior, and you certainly are a pioneer, a, a trailblazer, a, a trendsetter, right? So my... But now you're kind of pushing the envelope. You're going into the re rebel stage, right? <laughs> uh, which I love. I love that you're stepping out like that. 
Is that really who you are? I mean, have you had other times where you've been the trendsetter, you've been the trailblazer, you've been the first out the gate to try something? Yeah, I have more more on the business side though, where it's been, uh, you know, years ago, uh, my CPA firm, and this was this was really when accounting firms uh, looked very unfavorably towards advertising. And everybody, you know, so many friends of mine and competitors of mine, all I ever heard was, you know, we don't have to do that. It's a relationship business. We, you know, our clients have been clients for a long time. They're never going to leave. Well, we started uh, advertising on Google and paying for keywords and clicks. And, you know, with, with all my all my friends couldn't believe that we picked up hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, annual business uh, from clients that found us on the internet, that that people were looking for accounting firms on the internet, and uh, you know, so we kind we were you know we tried something new, it worked for us. It didn't matter how many people were saying no, you, you know, you can't get business that way. That's not how people hire CPAs. Uh, and for us, it worked. You know, and I was I was so glad that they weren't doing it because it meant less uh, traffic. Yeah, and less <laughs> traffic on the internet when somebody was yeah. out there looking. When I was with uh, the golf store franchisor, I was with uh, uh, the the company had been around a long time, uh, so long that its franchise agreements didn't mention anything about the internet. So one of the things that our management team uh, wanted to put in place back then, this was in the late nineties was a website to sell golf equipment o- over the internet. And, uh, you know, but the franchise agreements, none of them addressed that. And we had a difficult time convincing some of our store owners that it was in their best interest to sign an addendum to their agreement that let us sell golf equipment over the internet. They couldn't believe, you know, then it was like people, you know, nobody probably would have believed that people would buy a car over the internet. I bought yeah. a condo in Florida after, you know, viewing them on the internet and going down to look at it, you know, for half an hour. Uh, everything's out there now. So we kind of pioneered, uh, you know, selling golf equipment over the internet. Now everybody's doing it, but our store owners were so afraid that we were taking business away from them when we wanted to, to sell the customers in their territory. And, and our, our thought process was if a customer's on the, his computer at midnight, looking for a new $500 driver and we can't offer it to him or he can't buy it from us. He's just going to go find somebody else that he can buy it from. Uh, and our, we, you know, so we had, we had to convince store owners that it was in their best interest and it was difficult, but having gone through things like that, you know, having been in franchising and worked, worked through a bunch of uh, issues and annual conventions, having, been to big trade shows and things like that. Uh, we understand franchising with the people on our team and with the professional advisors that we're working with. And it's, it's tough for somebody that may have some dispensaries and wants to open a lounge to really do it the right way. You know, they can have a lounge where their customers maybe walk through a doorway and consume the cannabis products. But, uh, 
we've got a different model and we understand franchising and we think that's going to make it better for us and better for our, our prospective franchisees when they talk to us, that they'll get it, that they'll get that we get it and right. they'll get it and uh, it'll be better for everybody that way. But yeah, it, it is kind of pioneering. It's a, it's a, it's a totally new concept. Uh, you know, we feel a lot of weight on our shoulders uh, being the first in because, you know, we can, we can damage the industry if we don't do it right. We can make, if we don't do it right, uh, places may back away from approving them if they see what's what's happened with us. So we're we're extremely focused on doing it right and uh, following the rules and being as good as we can possibly be. All right. So so we we've got a caller question, and um, the, it, it's from Scott, Indiana, um, and his is. I guess what I'm uh, I'm working on um, phrasing it correctly. Um, he's looking at uh, in California terms, would uh, pets and animals be allowed in, especially if they were using medicinal cannabis products, and is there room for pets? in your franchise coming into the Dave and Busters in your franchises um, are the participants of your franchises just limited to humans or you know that's a a great question and I lied to you earlier Fred we obviously have not looked at everything that could be taking place (laughs) in our concept because we missed that one uh, I know when I'm out and about in Florida all the time, there's a lot of restaurants where people will bring their dogs to. Uh, I haven't seen cats. I haven't seen coyotes. I haven't seen alligators in a restaurant other than on the menu. But uh, it's you know it's something we haven't even thought about yet. Uh, obviously, other rules come in. So Ray had asked the question earlier about insurance. If we start letting pets in, uh, you know there there could be insurance issues. If, as far as if a dog in my place bit a customer or something like that, I know there's a lot of uh, cannabis and CBD products out there for pets. In fact, I bought some CBD dog treats uh, for my 13-year-old Golden Doodle a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, we we have not considered whether pets will be allowed in our places right now. Most of a lot of the restaurants I've been in where people had their pets, they had outdoor seating. Uh, we may or may not have outdoor seating in the in the Bud's Place lounges because a lot of places are prohibiting that right now. Uh, we'll take a look at it, though, and if it makes sense for us to do, and if we have customers that want to do that, we'll do everything we can uh, to make it an enjoyable experience for everybody. Maybe we'll have a little room off to the side where people with their pets can use that room. Good question, though. Uh, One I hadn't thought of before till now. So um, at this point, before Ray asks his last question, um, and I go down the rabbit hole, we'll let Rebecca get her last shot. (laughs) Take it away, Rebecca. Well, I just wanted to go back to combining two things you said. You're you're saying this is a new concept. We're pioneering. We're trend setting. um, And the franchisee. 
uh, needs to trust the leadership. That includes you and your partners. And you have clearly um, made it obvious you're not, this isn't the first time you've been a trendsetter. This isn't even the second time you've done something outside the box. So you are someone that thinks things through and, and sees the big picture and puts your money where your mouth is. You're willing to take uh, the, the risk. Um, so I guess my final question is, um, risk is a funny thing, right? Risk is a funny thing and it requires a very particular franchisee that's willing uh, to, to do that. And I'm sure you have careful plans in place to make sure that the risk is something that your prospective franchisee has put in place. Um, what are some things that just in one sentence that you put in place besides the FDD that will uh, have someone be um, risk, that's a slightly risk averse be capable of doing this? Good question, Rebecca. So part of that is our food and beverage partner that's already shown that they can do it. Uh, so we've got, you know, so part of the risk is mitigated because we can go into existing restaurants that our food and beverage partner has and our prospect will see there's customers there. They can taste the food. Uh, they know that we've got uh, the right equipment vendors and the right food distributors lined up because our food and beverage partners already done it. They know they're going to they're going to have a, that we've got a good training system because our food and beverage partners already trained a lot of their franchisees. Uh, and between myself and our food and beverage team, uh, that there's a lot of experience in franchising. So we, we've done that before. Uh, we know how it's done. We've built a program that we're confident can train them properly. And then, you know, part of our diligence on a prospective franchisee is on the financial side, making sure that they can handle it, uh, making sure that, uh, that we're confident they can run it properly. Because of the type of industry that it is, uh, we're in the process of lining up some lenders for franchisees. But, uh, you know, frankly, for initial franchisees, uh, you know, we have a high uh, liquidity uh, liquid assets number that we'd like them to have a pretty high uh, financial net worth we'd like them to have because banks you know banks may be shying away from lending to franchisees for a cannabis consumption lounge certainly uh, the SBA right now with it being federally illegal that's not an option for franchisees is uh, to get an SBA loan that won't that won't happen until it's legal federally so we need to make sure that they can handle uh, the, the cost of opening up a Bud's place or opening up multiple Bud's places on their own or else they're strong enough with their own lenders or with contacts that we'll set up for them that they can get a loan, that they're confident they can get a loan. So we're looking, we're working all those angles right now to make sure that uh, we can be as turnkey as possible for, for a franchisee uh, and, and that will help them become confident uh, in us and in the concept as far as, uh, you know, taking the risk, knowing that there's a big upside for them if they do it right, because uh, we're the first in. First we're the first in, yeah. And, and that's a big advantage. And we spent a lot of time getting ready. So uh, we think if competitors, as they come in, uh, you know, we think they're not going to be able to come in and just start doing it tomorrow. Great answer.
even though this is a, a new concept, I do see uh, uh, a lot of people uh, that would be willing to jump at the chance. So if that is the case, um, how do they get a hold of you? You know. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm ready. I, that was a question I was ready for. So to get a hold of me, my email address is Ron S at buds hyphen place.com ron s at buds dash place.com uh our phone number at the office which will be routed to me is 833-283-7289 with 1833-BUDS-BUZZ is what it translates into uh and my direct dial cell phone is 248-302-3344 our website, which launched uh, last night, still needs a little work, but uh, it's got some good information out there, is buds-place.com. Okay. So, and so, all these links and, and numbers will be available on? Well, they're going to, you know, they're, uh, they're going to have to give us a call and provide us some information on them, some financial yeah, information. As Ray was asserting, pillarsoffranchising.com has Ron's contact info page. (laughs) Although we will will be updating his uh, guest graphic. So want to thank the the Carly and Greg, uh, Scott, the others that have been um, commenting. So now we'll go down the rabbit hole. So given that uh, there's more and more news coming out of the federal government about UFOs and unexplained phenomena (laughs) and and aliens, do you believe that you'll have the right marketing to attract our alien visitors? Or will you only be human and earth animal friendly? You know, we haven't looked at franchising globally yet or intergalactically yet. But uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, if we have, you know, somebody that wants to open up Bud's places on Mars and they're allowed, uh, we could trailblaze in that area too. If they allow cannabis consumption on SpaceX launches into outer space, uh, or, you know, maybe we'll have a Bud's Place rocket with food and beverage and high-quality entertainment on a high-quality rocket ship. But we'll see. Could, Anything's I, possible. I, I, could, I could picture, you know, two people sitting there absolutely stoned. Yeah, man, let's open a place on Mars. Cool. <laughs> hey, Elon Musk is going to do it. Why not us? That's right. I'm told that some of my ideas are from outer space. So (laughs) we'll see. You are from Detroit, my friend. You are from Detroit. (laughs) So we want to thank our guest, uh, Ron Silverstein, uh, CEO of Bud's Place, for uh, joining us today uh, here on Pillars of Franchising. Reminder that if you fill out the form, you can get a copy of the Franchise MBA or two other books that are available. So just fill out the form. Uh, tell us which book you want. We'll get it sent to you. That's a thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, some more cool guests. 
And uh, as always, 5 p.m. Eastern, be listening at Pillars of Franchising and watching the weird video. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks.